0: I'm so excited for you to hear today's episode. Today, you are listening in on a conversation that I had with someone I recently connected with, which I am so freaking happy I did because she is amazing, and I know you're going to get so much value out of this episode. So obviously, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot more than just nutrition and lifestyle supplementation. It is about a personal growth journey and using all the different facets of our life to really improve our own overall health and wellness and our experience on this planet. So Tracy is here to talk up to us about the Enneagram. And if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, it is a type of personality framework, but Tracy explains it in this most amazing and beautiful way. And we also dive into how knowing your Enneagram can actually support your nervous system, which you know is something we talk a lot about on this podcast, that it actually helps support your hormones. So what we dive into is what the Enneagram is she goes through the nine different personality types. She goes through the motives and the fears of each one and how you can actually identify what your specific type is. And more importantly, or not more importantly, but just as important, how you can use this in your life to better communicate with the people around you. It is so amazing. She talks a lot about her story and how she's used this, which I'll get into that in a second. And again, I really think that you're going to love the information where we talk about how it can be served in your life when you are in a fight or flight mode or maybe how you can just use it to support your nervous system to better regulate your hormones because what this really is, is it's a way to know yourself better. And the better that we know ourselves, the better that we understand our blocks, the better that we understand our strengths and our challenges, the better that we're going to be able to support our health and be the healthiest version of ourselves. So I can't wait for you to listen to it. Before we get into the juice, I want you to know a little bit of background on Tracy because she does not have your typical highlight reel bio, but that's also what really makes her so gifted and talented at what she does. And she's so amazing at identifying your blind spots and your success blocks. So she is a multi-millionaire entrepreneur who you would maybe think that she was really set up for success because of how successful she is, but she had all the odds stacked against her. She has been previously um, divorced with two little kids and broke. She has been arrested she had to build her life and her business from rock bottom without any friends or network or family support that a lot of people who have been this successful maybe have had and she has reached the top one percent of her network marketing business or just network marketers in the world going from zero to millionaire in just 26 months and after that her complete mission shifted so right now her primary focus is coaching people and couples and professional corporate teams to leverage their natural strengths and stress stressors to achieve unstoppable success. And she does all of this through her unique coaching style where she uses the Enneagram framework to really uncover the patterns of how you interpret the world, how you navigate your emotions and how interpersonal relationships are actually formed. So it is absolutely amazing. I know you're going to love this episode. We get into the nervous system stuff towards the end of the episode, so make sure you stick around to the end of it because it's really, really interesting. And of course, all the ways that you could connect with her, her Instagram, her podcast, how you can work with her will be in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. I cannot wait for you to listen to this, so let's dive right in. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the Mind Your Hormones podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I cannot wait to dive in. Can you just introduce yourself to the woman listening so they get a little idea of who you are and what you do? Hey, everyone.
1: Uh, this is Tracy O'Malley, and I am your 50-year-old like hormone queen at this point. Like <laughs> I'm telling you, 50 years old, Really reveals a lot about hormones and the things I used to be able to get away with when I was, you know, 25, 30. Shifting the mindset into what I, what is actually effective for me and my health and my progress and my success moving forward. It's very different to really relearn it. And I'm so grateful that, you know, for 22 years, I've been in the personal development world, you know, Mm -hmm. long before maybe even some of you were, you know, out of diapers, (laughs) but like 22 years ago, personal development wasn't at your fingertips. And so I was kind of like on this solo mission, kind of going rogue from everything that I'd ever been taught, told, or modeled in my family of origin. Mm. You know, if you said you were doing personal development, there was something wrong with you or like, oh, you must need a lot of help. Where, you know, now today it's celebrated. You know, I'm a first, I'm a first generation personal developer, but 22 years ago, I'd hit, I was 28 years old. I was a, a mom to, you know, a three and a four year old married for a couple of years, had the mortgage, all the things. And it was at 28 that all of a sudden I realized I couldn't outrun, outlast, outwit, outsmart what I grew up with. And, um, some of the history that I moved far, far away from, you know, put up the big mortgage house and the, the picket fence and thought like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> I, switching. I made it. I'm switching geogra- uh, geographic location and that that means I got this, right? Mm, yeah. And the narrator enters and says, no, she does not have this, you know? <laughs> because we do what we are comfortable and familiar with, even if it was something that was destructive or dysfunctional. And I, I'm safe to say, I think most of us have lived with some element of dysfunction, even when you know we, our parents and our families were doing the very best in in from the great great places right and I think oftentimes we hesitate to talk about that because we we know, like, I'm a parent. I know I've screwed up many, many times, totally unintentionally. Right. But if we don't, like, reveal this, we won't heal it. And so 22 years ago is when I was introduced to personal development, but it was kind of like a, an inside job. Like, nobody knew I was doing it other than, you know, my husband at the time. And of course, I was the one with the demons and the issues, like... <laughs> Like I said, so, um, but it took another 12 years for me to really kind of hit the wall. You know, I had a chain of events, you know, the recession of 2008 ish happened and, you know, I'd fall out from that. I had a divorce. I had a business that I had to shut down due to wow. some recession you know, things and some poor decision-making. My coping mechanisms that I knew very, very well were food, alcohol, anger, codependency, you name it. I used it other than drugs. And it kind of just left a lot of wreckage behind. And my kids were teenagers and, and I knew I wanted something different from them. And because of my experience of doing what I was taught, told, and modeled, I knew just walking the talk wasn't gonna be enough to ensure a different future for my kids. I needed to walk a different walk. And that meant I needed to learn how to walk basically all over again. And mm. so after my dad died, that also happened in the middle of it. He oh, had a 12, tw- 12 day cancer diagnosis and, oh and died. Gosh. Yeah. It kind of brought things to a head, like, is this all there is? And so at the age of 40, I kind of took whatever Tracy was down to the foundation. I I blew the shit up and, mm. you know, took, took it down to the concrete and started over from scratch. And that meant, you know, exposing a lot of this stuff of the coping mechanisms that weren't serving me, that meant getting help in a different toolbox. And it meant walking away from people, places, and things that um, created an environment where the old dysfunction would continue. And so at the age of 40, I entered rehab for all those things I mentioned mm. um, on my own. Um, I got rid of my entire social network and started to build a toolbox that I now use every day, not just personally but professionally as well. And it was in rehab that I was introduced to the Enneagram on day two by my therapist, who wow. I still see to this day. Yeah. Ten years later. Get out. She, yeah, she wrote the foreword to my book that I wrote. Like she's she was my ninth and final therapist. And oh my gosh. Yeah, on day two, and she's an Enneagram eight total hard ass like that's me. what you are right yes yes yeah. and she wanted me to take this assessment day 2 in rehab mind you and i said no <laughs> i said i'm not doing this assessment i don't I, I don't need another label clearly i'm walking in here with plenty of them right i don't want to be put in a box and i won't be controlled right like mm-hmm. the biggest fear of an enneagram 8 and just straight shoot and tell it like it is Hard ass from Texas, who I love very, very much. She said, My dear, quite honestly, your best thinking has gotten you here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this might help you actually get out of the box that not only you have put yourself in, but the world has chosen to put you in. So, how mm-hmm. about you just, how about you just trust me with this one? I was like, Well, touche, she's got a freaking point. Right. <laughs> and it was in day two that you know reading about the enneagram and and understanding it like i realized i was only speaking one language and one language only and unless they operated like me nobody else could understand the motive of my heart and mm. you know it brought me to my two children who are very different from me and it it made sense why they were starting to not just repeat some of my crap but also cope in ways that were very Uh, unique to them. And so not only did the framework of the Enneagram, even in that short little amount of time, give me compassion and and empathy for myself, it gave me a greater understanding. And I could almost like exhale, like, oh, okay. Like that makes sense. And it also gave me some framework and a roadmap to help me communicate more effectively with my two kids. Because what I have learned over the last 10 years and why the Enneagram is like my my greatest tool next to my faith, like Mm -hmm. faith, it doesn't replace faith or, you know, the work, it's a great tool, but you know, tools are only as good as you know how to use them. Mm -hmm. And the reason I loved the Enneagram so much is it, it allowed me, you know, to look at myself with different eyes. It also allowed me to recognize I don't have to change who the hell I am, Mm. which was very refreshing. I just needed to change the come from and the level of health I was operating from. Right. Right. And it also gave me tools to communicate with
0: anyone. Which is so amazing. And you are like (laughs) so good at that. When we met and we talked for like 10 minutes about Enneagram, I was like, oh my God, you know me. You explained my fiance. Like it was so crazy. So so for someone who doesn't know what the Enneagram actually is, like what what is it? Because we hear a lot, especially like Mm -hmm. the woman listening knows about personal development. Like you said, it's something that's like really mainstream now, but there's so many different personality tests and everyone's like, yeah, but that's kind of generic, right? Like there's some, that just aren't that great so what is the Enneagram and how does this differ like why is it so profound
1: well I think it's so profound for a few reasons it's a it's a combination of nature and nurture kind of colliding Mm. right where a lot of like Myers-Briggs disc um, any of them even astrology like so much of it gets Mm. Focused and stereotyped around behaviors, right. right? And I think anybody that's listening to this level of a podcast understands that our behaviors are a coping mechanism to a uh, um, fear. Or a motive behind it, right? right? So if we're just, if we just, and this is why we get so triggered by people also, because we're fixated on the behaviors. Whereas if you understand the motive behind some of these behaviors, you can nip some of this stuff in the bud and this, this tug of war that happens. So how I like to explain the Enneagram, and for those of you that really need to know all the details of the ins and outs of the Enneagram, I just say GTS, Google that shit. Yeah. <laughs> But I am like one of those that is like, bottom line me, tell me what's in it for me. Yes. And so I'm going to tell you what's in it for you listening right now. So I believe we are all born with a divine calling, a divine purpose. You know, From the time we are created in the womb, um, I believe we have a divine calling, a divine purpose, and a temperament and disposition that is very unique to us. And now with the Enneagram, there's nine different archetypes where that temperament and disposition can um, show up. And that's why I love this as a system and a framework. Yeah. So then we have that, then we are dropped into family circumstances, experiences, school systems, whatever. And so how the expression of that divine calling, that divine makeup, how that gets expressed can change depending on what you grew up with. So that's nature and nurture colliding. Right. And then, you know, there's the deeper work, right? The emotional stuff, the emotional beliefs and, um, Framework that we start to operate on to feel either safe certain or significant in our Mm. life And so when you kind of bring the three together That's kind of how we show up in the world and what the enneagram can help you do when you integrate it properly is unpack You know the motive the fears behind every single thing you do Like if you do the six degrees of separation and understand like when you're triggered by something like for me as an eight I know without question if i'm triggered like And I'm in a trigger right now. I'm just going to let you know I'm fired up. Mm, Get it. (laughs) That for an eight, I fear betrayal, violation, and vulnerability. And so when I'm triggered by something or like hot under the collar like I am right now, it's Mm -hmm. because that's looming. And I know that. I know that. It's not just they're an asshole. Right. Which there might be an element of truth to that, but usually... (laughs) If an asshole is just being an asshole and I'm not like feeling beach trail or violation, I could give a damn. We could brush it off. Right. But when you understand and have framework that helps you understand what motivates everything you do and your biggest fear, it's, it really, it's like the fast pass in Disneyland. It gets you right to the front of the line and you can understand not only yourself and when you become skilled and compassionate for yourself and your ability to kind of get to the root of your stuff. Mm. And you can pay that forward with the people that you love, lead and connect with out in the world. And so that is what the Enneagram is and can do in your life. It's a, it's a system. It's a framework. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's not the end all be all. Don't just assume like, oh, they're this and, and pigeonhole somebody. Yeah. It's just a tool to kind of like effectively more communicate and have what's on your heart actually land on the person that's in front of you. Oh, that's so huge. How I communicate to another eight is very different than how I would communicate with you. Right. Yeah. And my son, like I have to be softer and slower (laughs) and take my tone down. If I'm talking to another eight, it's we're fired up and we're going to do this shit. We're going to kick ass and we're going to take names and, you know, all the things. So you can understand like. So amazing. If you just have to understand nine different kinds of people. Right. Like not only will you be a better leader in your home and in your Mm. business, like you're going to not leave as much money on the table in business because your ability to commute like you said, 10 minutes with me, I built built trust and credibility instantly with you. Instant.
0: It was crazy. I told you, I I told you I was a two, which I'm taking your assessment. So to confirm that, but immediately you were like, oh, so you fear this, this, and this, and this, this, and this, and you probably, and I was like, yep. Um, yep. And I told him my fiance was like, okay, so this probably comes up. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, so it was so wild and you just communicate so, so effectively with everybody. Like I just, just observing you. It's so amazing. So I know we want to dive deep into the nervous system and all of that. Cause that's of mm-hmm. course what my audience is really going to be interested in. But before we get into that, can you just do a high level overview of, like you talked about before we got on, the motive and the mm-hmm. fear of each one? And And if somebody is not knowing what number they are, do you have a specific... Um, like I know you obviously working with you to get typed, but if they want to just like do a little quiz, you have one that you recommend more than others or are they really ineffective?
1: Well, they're a great starting point and it's just like anything. Like if you're gonna like kind of go on the discovery process on your own, by all means go for it. Like some people love taking four days at Disneyland. I am not one of those people. (laughs) I want, I want the fast track and I want to like get to the front of the line immediately. Yes. So know that like, hey, if you like taking your time with this, totally have at it. It's a self-discovery process. Mm-hmm. And just know any of the online assessments, any of them, paid or not,
0: mm-hmm.
1: are inaccurate about 65 to 70% of the time.
0: Wow. So,
1: yeah. So, and, and I've done thousands and thousands of typing interviews and sessions with people and it still rings true with a lot of the paid ones.
0: Wow.
1: So, but I don't want to discourage you from that. It's a great right. starting point, but right. then like, it's going to take you being radically honest with your motive behind everything you do, because a mm. lot of times people will take the assessment and it pops up. And if you're going, yeah, it's probably not that. <laughs> right. Because right. <laughs> I remember I first initially typed as a three and I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm the competitive achiever. No shit. But yeah. I am not not even remotely. I can look behaviorally like that. And so a lot of these online assessments of, although artificial intelligence is great, it doesn't Mm -hmm. take into account some of the deeper psychology. Totally. You know, because the Enneagram is psychology and spirituality kind of combined. I love that. And so just know that if you take an online assessment, 65, 70% of of the time it's inaccurate, but I usually say take the top four and Mm. really take your time Diving into the motives of each, not the behaviors, not the stereotypes, not what people have told you, yeah, but really get to the root of who you are. Because if you're going to use this tool as the the greatest personal development tool I've ever ever come across in 22 mm-hmm. years of going at this, and like this is the greatest tool, it, and it requires the right information. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're thinking about it as a roadmap, if you type in the wrong coordinates, you're you're taking. The wrong right. direction for who you are, so you can you can go on it alone. You can listen to my podcast. I I've got yes. over two hundred episodes of talking about the Enneagram, or you you do the get the fast pass and just do a kickstart session with me for ninety minutes. We will get your type right. We'll give you all the integration tools about it. Amazing and all the, the framework. So
0: yeah, but well, of course I'll put all that in the show notes, and we'll talk more about that at the end too. Yeah. Um, So. Okay. So the motive is what's most important. So let's just Mm -hmm. go through that with the nine types, like what they are and what the motives are. Mm -hmm. So then maybe we could just clear a little bit of it up for people. Okay.
1: So I'll give you like the most important thing for you to understand. Cause a lot of times once you, once you drink the Enneagram (laughs) Kool-Aid, like, like it happened at the wedding we were at, like everybody at the table, we're like talking about the Enneagram and it's awesome. And it's like this language that like, once you understand it, you want everybody to understand it. It's so true but we have to be careful because we don't want to put anybody else in a box either. Right. Right.
0: right. You don't want to just and type we, people.
1: Yeah. Because depending on their level of growth, they may take it and use it as an excuse to stay stuck, which is what mm. I would have done 15 years ago. I would have used this as an excuse to be an asshole, like, well, right. I'm a, deal with it. Like, right. If, <laughs> right. So you got to be careful. Right. And, and when you discuss this with other people and you're going to be tempted once you understand yourself and the framework, Because you care so much about the people in front of you, you're going to be tempted to try and type people. Please don't.
0: Yeah. yeah. Either
1: send them to me or just say, hey, it's a great self-discovery process. Have at it. Right. So one of the things that I've also coached people, because you know people that work with me want to better understand their people. And I'm like, yeah. yes, but again, we don't want to type people. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a deeper understanding that people are going to fall within one of three categories. So there's nine basic Enneagram types. And within those nine, there's three different um, centers of intelligence, right? Oh. We have the body center of intelligence, which operates on instinct. And they have an underlying kind of emotion there that's anger. How they express Mm -hmm. that looks very different. There's a heart center of intelligence or a feeling center of intelligence. And those three operate from a place. Uh, Their motive is significance, Mm. right? The instinctual one is independence and autonomy and truth. The heart one is significance, Again, looks very different for those three types. Their underlying emotion is shame. And then the other um, center of intelligence is the head or thinking center of intelligence. And those three operate from a motive of certainty. And their underlying emotion is fear or anxiety. Again, within, within each of those centers... You've got three different types and how they express those things look very, very different. But if you can really ask very curious understanding and like give a shit questions to people
0: because
1: mm. you genuinely want to know. It's like even conversating with you at, at a table at a wedding. Yeah. I, I just ask really thought-provoking oh. questions that go right to the source. Exactly. And so I, I could tell you were definitely leaning towards that without right. even, and, and imagine if you use this tool and you don't even ever mention the Enneagram, yeah. how powerful that can be. They're like, Jesus, are you like a fly on my wall? Are you stalking <laughs> it's me? It's so wild. Are you the voice in Alexa? Cause like, <laughs> yeah. you know how you feel like Alexa is always like watching you. It's creepy. Yeah. People call me Alexa all the time. They're like, yeah. geez, you are in my thoughts. It's wild. So really being able to discern if people are falling into, are they motivated by, independence and autonomy, mm-hmm. truth or significance or um, certainty. And it'll take a little digging to get there, but mm-hmm. the more skilled you get with questioning. But th- I think that that's really important to share with you guys. Yeah. Because, you know, to use the Enneagram, you don't need to know everybody's type in order right. to be effective. Like right. I knew before I really understood the framework of the Enneagram, I knew without question, I had a child that fell into the heart center of intelligence. That's the two I'm
0: assuming, right? Yes. My my two
1: son. And I knew Mm -hmm. without question, I had a child that was in the thinking center of intelligence Mm -hmm. and she was pretty easy to figure out. She's a seven. And I am in the instinctual center of intelligence. So my motive is independence and autonomy. Okay. And I assumed both my kids had that. Right. So now I speak to my son based on his motive, which is significance and my daughter's, which is certainty. And just understanding that without even knowing somebody's type you will get a lot further. Yeah. So I wanted to share that that you know before you have everybody in your life start taking the Enneagram test right. or <laughs> or trying to type people really as long as you really look at the centers of intelligence and get really skilled in understanding how to ask questions based on getting to the root of that it will take you much further. That's awesome. Because for five years, I was using this tool and never mentioned the Enneagram to anyone personally or professionally. My kids had no idea. Yeah, that was amazing
0: um, when you told me that. I'm like, And yeah. you said it changed overnight, your overnight. relationship with them.
1: Overnight and the way that I was able to lead, Um, you know, and I have a network marketing business and, you know, I've built very strong leadership in that. And Mm -hmm. I I like to throw this stat out because it's a true testament to the understanding because I never in those five years had anyone taken any gram test. Wow. Not once, but I could tell who was in front of me because Mm -hmm. I asked enough questions to understand the motive behind everything that they did. Right. And in that business, um, I was able to build up and helped develop seven millionaires in that organization. Wow. And out of those seven, there's six different Enneagram types represented and not one of them is an eight. Wow! So, so I was able to lead people that weren't like me mm-hmm. and, and tap into that. And I thought that that was important to share That's, too. Yeah.
0: So All the right. three main motives you said were in, um, independence, significance, and certainty? Yeah. So the, okay.
1: in, the body triad is independence, autonomy, truth. Like okay. it's kind of an element of that. Okay. The heart The heart is significance mm-hmm. and the other, the head one is certainty. Now I know okay. you're listening right now and they're like, well, I feel significance here. Like, you know, and you might feel like you're all over the place, which is understandable at first. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if we ask enough questions to get to the root of maybe why you need significance, right. recognize that it's because you need some certainty or you want independence. So I'll right. give myself as an example and why I mistyped as a three, mm. because I, I, I it's a really common high achieving women are the most mistyped on the Enneagram. And I think mm. it's because usually high achieving women have experienced trauma that make them resourceful and resilient. Yeah. And also the ability to compartmentalize things and multitask is very skilled in the high performing and high achieving woman. So that being said, I think it's really important to share this, that like when I was mistyped as a three makes sense, like to the general public and watching me operate. I mean, you see me hit Like I hit goals left and right. Like if yeah. I see something, if I choose to participate, I will win and I will crush you. Yeah. Like no, no problem. <laughs> and that looks very three, like on the outside. Mm-hmm. Now a three believes and are motivated by being the best. They believe mm-hmm. that their worth is tied into what they do, what they achieve and how they appear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I am not remotely motivated by what anybody th- thinks. Mm. I really, really am not. And I don't have to win at everything because I don't participate in everything. Right. Even stuff I know I could win, if I don't care enough or it doesn't create independence or autonomy, I'm tapping out. I don't care enough. You
0: don't care. Yeah. I
1: don't care. But on the outside, like especially in building that first network marketing business, I crushed every goal. I won every trip. And so they would start dangling more carrots in front of me like, hey, I'm like, I don't care about the carrot. Yeah. (laughs) I, you know what, I'm all about the residual income. This is going to the passive stream of income that this is going to give me independence and autonomy. And Mm. so that's why, like, although I crushed every goal and look very achiever, like my, my motive is not about significance ever. It's always for me without question. Every single thing I do is about independence and autonomy.
0: Right. So, so it has to go back to the motive and not just the character traits. So that's so huge to know. Okay. So then let's start with one and then go through the motive and then, was that? Would you say was there a fear behind it too, or something? I know you said yeah. for the two, it's shame, and that hits home. So whatever, what is that? That's the emotion. The emotion. Behind the emotion. It. Okay, because right. I think that will help people when they're thinking about theirs too. Because when you explain the motive as significance and the emotion, shame, like that's like, yep, like that's yep. exactly what it is. Now so that being said, <laughs>
1: yeah. Now that being said, I want you to know that you're connected in the framework of your core Enneagram type to four other Enneagram types. And so mm. if, if you're sitting here listening like, well, I have fear and anxiety, so I must be in the head or I feel mm. shame. I want you to know we use all of our centers of intelligence. We really, really do. But one core motive and one core fear dominates everything. So okay. if, you're, if you're confused or you feel like, well, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. Because trust me, even though I'm not in the heart center of intelligence, I can feel shame. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And I can feel fear and anxiety, even though mm-hmm. I'm not in that center of intelligence. So I just really want you to know, but like, it's kind of like that six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, you ask enough <laughs> questions, like, you know, how you like go back to Kevin Bacon. Like if you go six degrees into the core of who you are, the, the same the same consistent motive is there, whether it's in relationships, your health, which we'll talk about yeah, um, business, business, anything.
0: Okay, I just had to hop in here really quick and interrupt because you know that all I want to do is support you as best as possible and that I only recommend things that I personally use, that I recommend, I trust, and that is why I brought on Gut Personal as a sponsor for the podcast. So if you've heard me talk about them before, you know how obsessed I am with them, and if you follow me on Instagram, you see me using this multiple times a day. But Gut Personal, if you're not familiar with them, they are a supplement content company, and they are disrupting the gut health industry because of how personalized their selections are and how it's really targeted to what you specifically need. So I want to talk to you about two products that I absolutely love, but before we do that, I really want you to know about the quiz option that you have on the Gut Personal website. So if you go to gutpersonal.com slash Corinne, there is a personalized quiz that you could take that has recently been updated, so it's even more personalized for you. And what it does is it asks you a series Of questions that will lead towards what your body is needing based off of the symptoms that you are identifying in the questions that are presented to you. So it's really cool because it will give you a list of supplements that are going to support you based off of what's happening with you. So I highly recommend taking that quiz. And then the products that I really want to highlight is I will, first of all, you already know I'm obsessed with the miracle worker, and that is the magnesium bisglycinate that they have. I take it every single night. Every single person that has tried it has reached out to me and told me how much it has impacted their sleep. Even people who have had horrible sleep for forever, literally the first night of taking it. So we've already talked about that one and you know I'm obsessed with it. So I highly recommend trying out the Miracle Worker Magnesium, but they also have different probiotics based off of your specific needs. So again, if you take that quiz, you're going to be led to which probiotic is best for you. And they have a new product out that is a prebiotic. So it's really cool to see what could be popped up for you based off that quiz so go take the quiz see what comes up for you every single day i am taking the miracle worker magnesium and the vitamin d drops i am obsessed i believe everybody needs to be taking those two products but i wanted to make you aware of the fact that there is the quiz available for you to see which is best suited for you specifically probiotic wise so definitely check that out you could find all of this out at gutpersonal.com slash corinne and this is about gut g-u-t-p-r-s-o-n-a-l gut personal, just like it sounds um dot Slash Corinne C O R I N N E. And if you use code Corinne at checkout, you're able to save some money on any products in their store because they're a sponsor of the show. So as a listener, you get that sweet deal. So if you have any questions about any of their products, you know to reach out to me. I will absolutely answer any of them for you and really support you in it. And if you have been taking any of their products and you're loving them, please reach out to me. I love talking about it with you because they're just so freaking amazing. So if you are like me and you got your milk or Worker Magnesium, in a wine glass and you're sipping on it, send me a message and tell me that you're doing that because I love to connect with you like that. So head to gutpersonal.com slash Corinne and use code Corinne at checkout to save some money. Now let's get back to today's episode with Tracy O'Malley.
1: So the Enneagram one is called the strict perfectionist, sometimes called the reformer. Mm -hmm. I like to call them the sheriff because Mm -hmm. they are motivated by being good And right and in integrity like they're black and white thinkers their biggest fear is being awful and so you can think about it like if they need to be good and right there's no gray area so if they're not good or right they're terrible or they're absolutely wrong. And so their okay. biggest fear is being seen as either of those. So that's where their perfectionism comes in. Mm. Um, their underlying feel, feeling is anger, but it's not outwardly expressed like one of the other types in this category. Okay. Their their anger is internalized. Okay? Wow. And you're going to okay. see a theme here. like In each of the three categories, one is externalized and um, outward, one is inward, and one gets shut down in each okay. category. Okay, and the one is—is is the, are they in the body, the heart, the body, the, the body? Okay, the body. The eight, nine, and one are in the body, and we'll circle back to the eight and nine in a second. Okay, all right. So in the in the two, the three, and the four, these are the three that are in the heart center of intelligence. The two believes that their worth is in what they do or achieve for other people. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have the motivational need to be liked and appreciated. Mm-hmm. Right. They're the the main relationship builders on the Enneagram. They're the most connect they're the best about connection. And that's their superpower and also their kryptonite. Right. Mm-hmm. Depending on their level of health. Now, their biggest fear is not being loved or appreciated. It's why they can be overgivers. They can be codependent if they're mm-hmm. not careful. Mm-hmm. And so they'll overgive sometimes and then resentment will kick in. And then yeah. maybe they will be a little angry and passive aggressive or aggressive depending mm-hmm. on their nature. And, but because that's not their nature, shame kicks in. They're like, God, I'm such a jerk for feeling resentful over this. <laughs> though, you know, it's that. And so that cycle continues and then they feel like they yep. got to overgive some more Then the resentment kicks in. Oh and my the God. Shame, yes. Right. So you can understand like for each one, they're, they're, biggest kryptonite is also their biggest superpower and Mm -hmm. and like for you who we believe possibly is a two i Mm -hmm. like you don't have to change who you are right Like you're always your nature is always going to be like that but Mm -hmm. come from Like you don't have to earn your worth. You don't have to earn your value, right? You Like what I told you, Mm -hmm. you ask yourself if it's never appreciated, acknowledged, or reciprocated, would you still
0: do it? I have been asking myself that since you told me that before I say yes to anything. I'm like, wait a second, let me ask myself this question first. It's so helpful. So your nature is always, as a two,
1: is always going to be to be of service. Like that's your gift, but it can also be the thing that takes you out. Mm Mm-hmm. And so with each of these, it's the beauty in this, it's like, I don't have to change who I am either. I just have to change my comfort. And when we get to the eight, I'll explain what that looks like. Mm -hmm. All right. The three is the competitive achiever. Everybody wants to be a three because they make it look so damn easy. (laughs) There is a downfall to this. So Mm -hmm. when I first typed as a three, I'm like, well, hell yeah. They they look like the, yeah, they look like the strongest on the Enneagram, but they're not. Mm -hmm. Um, They have this again, significance is their driver. They believe that their worth is in what they do, what they achieve, or how they appear in the world. So, like, they want to be the best. They want to be the best at winning. They want to win at winning, and so that's why they're efficient, resourceful, all the things. Um, their biggest fear is not being the best. Mm. They do things that are measurable. Okay. Right. So, like, telling a three that their heart's beautiful, eh, like, I—that's the only kind of. Accolades I'll give them because I don't want to feed the unhealthy belief that they are only worthy by what they achieve. Right. They want measurable, tangible, like, how am I winning, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so sometimes that'll happen. And when they don't hit their goals, shame kicks in, but you'll never see them outwardly with it. They shut it down. Okay. And how they shut down their shame, they feel it, trust me, but you'll never see it because they move on to another goal mm. and to another thing to accomplish and kick, kick, kick its ass, right? Okay. All right. Now the fours also fall into that need for significance, but right. theirs is an internal significance. They want to their motivation is to express their uniqueness and be authentic. It's internal significance. It's like I'm, you know, they're the most intuitive and creative on the Enneagram. So where the twos are in service, the threes are in doing, the the fours are in being. And what's the name of the four? They are sometimes called the individualist, okay. um, the intense creative, also romantic. The they're, okay. they're, they're romantic idealization is a big thing. Mm. Their biggest fear is not being unique. And so, you know, a lot of musicians, comedians, artists, they're always recreating themselves. So because they feel like something's missing in them and everybody mm. else has something that they don't, they are on this constant quest of re redefining themselves which is great because they bring beauty to the world and also right. can keep them stuck mm. so i'm dating a four. so this is this is a real thing it's it's fascinating yeah um and their shame is internalized so the twos okay. externalize their shame they're like ah i suck i'm terrible <laughs> the threes shut it down and the twos internalize it okay, okay. So now we go into the head center of intelligence. We have the five, is the quiet specialist, sometimes called the investigator. They have a Mm -hmm. need for certainty. Mm -hmm. Their need for certainty comes from their motivational need to know and understand. They need to have all the resources and energetic capacity to be able to handle anything. Mm -hmm. So... They're wise. They they know information that none of us would ever know. But the problem is, is if they feel like they're going to be depleted of energy or resources, they kind of hoard that stuff. Wow! And none of us get to experience. Aren't you in a relationship
0: with? Yes, I mean, I think so. With the quiz we've taken and stuff, but it it seems to ring true. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. So a lot of times, if they're in that, we don't get to experience their brilliance. Like if I'm ever stuck on an island, I want to be stuck with a five. They just fascinate (laughs) me. And so they need information. So that's a gift of theirs. They, they can be specialists at anything and an expert mm-hmm. on anything, but their need for certainty can keep them in the information overload and then they do nothing with it. And it's yes. like a, it's like a hoarding, hoarding situation. <laughs> Of information and energy. And that's why they like to be isolated. That's why they need their personal space because for a healthy reason, but sometimes for a not so healthy reason. Mm. Um, But their fear and anxiety is internalized. You don't often see it, Mm -hmm. but when all the tabs are open, that's when they need their introvert time.
0: Right. But they can hide it very well.
1: They hide it very well. Yeah. And sometimes on occasion, you'll see it externally in rare cases, Um, but- Usually, it's an internal situation, kind Mm -hmm. of like the four with their shame is internal. Yeah, five internal with their fear and anxiety because they kind of they don't get emotionally attached. It's their gift and also their downfall. Yeah. All right, the sixes are they are the certainty kings and queens on the enneagram. They Mm. need. They need security, they need to feel like they belong to something, and they have the motivational need need to have certainty that they're safe and prepared. Mm -hmm. They are called the loyal skeptic, and Mm -hmm. their need for um, being prepared and safe means they ask a lot of freaking questions. Mm -hmm. They need to know all (laughs) the things. They need to know worst case scenario, and they have figured out worst case scenario. Um, And they have to have all the information. For somebody like me, who's more evasive and private, my best friend is a six. And so I recognize that she needs to know all the things. And it drives me crazy. But (laughs) I know that's how to effectively have a relationship with her. It's what's required. Right. And when that gets rocked a little bit, their fear and anxiety is more external. They will let you know like, hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. This is unsafe. I need more information. uh, (laughs) Because their biggest fear is being blindsided okay. So you'll see typically there's a six can kind of turn phobic, which is more quiet, looks looks more five-like, but Mm -hmm. most sixes will be very vocal and outward with their fear and anxiety. And they look like a Tasmanian devil when they're in that. (laughs) And it's hard to get them out of it sometimes. Now the sevens need certainty that Mm -hmm. all options are available to them. They want to experience life to the fullest and avoid pain. So freedom... um, Freedom is important to them. So freedom mm. to express themselves, freedom to have all the options like our, our mutual friends that we yes. were at the wedding of and uh-huh. also like at the table, lots mm-hmm. of seven energy around us. They, yeah. want to, they want the ability and certainty that they can pivot at any time. Mm. And if you try to box them in, that is when you will feel the wrath of a seven yeah. called the Enthusiastic Visionary. Um, they're, they're the life of the party. They're the fun. They're, so fun. <laughs> they're so fun and also drive me absolutely crazy. <laughs> and your daughter's seven, right? Yes. And she yes. is why I studied this because I knew she had a gift mm-hmm. and I knew that free spirited energy and optimism and anything's possible beauty in her. Um, was there. And I also didn't understand it. And it was either I learned how to communicate with her or I completely box her in and drive a wedge between us. And so yeah. my, my seven is the whole reason why I really pursued this. Now, if they feel like they will be left out of options, their fear and anxiety, um, they shut it down. They shut it down in a way where they will look squirrel-like, where they can look unfocused, where they can look like, oh my God, she's doing this podcast. She's rebranded herself 17 times now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now she's talking about, you know, pooping instead of marketing or whatever, like our mutual friend, right? Yes. Where people might think they have like absolutely no credibility and trust that they can focus or see anything through. And actually that's where they're gifted. Now there is an element to their avoiding their fear by doing that. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when you have a healthy seven, mm-hmm. their skill set in pivoting is unmatched. And that's yeah. why, like Steve Jobs. So beautiful to a, watch. Yeah, Steve Jobs was a seven. He's often mistyped as a one because oh. of the perfectionism. But that's a whole nother story we can talk about why that looks like that. Mm-hmm. But he like, who else would come up with Apple and yeah. the way that Apple <laughs> right. works? And I'm guarantee, I guarantee like the pool noodle was discovered by a seven. <laughs> Who else, would me. Who else would come up with that? Yeah. So a lot of times their fear and anxiety, they'll laugh, make jokes. They mm. will be like, oh, it's no problem. But that's their way of avoiding the fear and anxiety.
0: Mm, okay.
1: All right, to r- round out the... Um, body, center of intelligence, the independence, autonomy, you meet the eight, which is called the protective challenger, um, sometimes called the active controller. That is what I am. And mm. we are motivated by the need to be strong and avoid showing vulnerability. So you can see where that ties into independence and autonomy. right? And their biggest fear is being violated, betrayed, or put in a vulnerable situation. Mm. Now, when that gets... Risk, Like if there's a risk of that happening, you will see anger explosively. Mm -hmm. And that's how an eight protects themselves and protects themselves from anybody knowing that that's happening. Um, And it's also uh, how we prove to you and to the world and to ourselves that we're strong. Wow! So a lot of times to protect that vulnerability is where the anger comes out, but that also builds walls. Right? Mm -hmm. It makes people feel it can make people feel safe and protected, and also like, oh my god, like she's going to kill me. Yeah, and and that very very well could happen. Yeah, watch out. (gasps) Yeah, now with the nine. You know, to round out the entire Enneagram, the nine sits mm-hmm. at the top of the Enneagram, and I believe our divine spirit, whatever you choose to believe that is, mm-hmm. is a nine on the Enneagram because mm-hmm. they they really have the ability to see the rest of us eight um, and they have the ability to embody the rest of us better than any other type because they have the view wow. from us. And they're called the adaptive peacemaker.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: there's a big difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping, right? Now, a nine can fall into that peacekeeping dysfunction.
0: Right. But if
1: you think about the divine spirit, like they want inclusivity and harmony and the greatest good for all. Mm -hmm. Now, when they're in a healthy spot, that's beautiful. Now, when they're not, that's codependency and dysfunction. Right. Because right? nines are motivated by the need to be settled and in harmony within themselves and in the world. And mm. so if they feel like that's going to be rocked a little bit, that's where they kind of you know shut down on themselves. That anger becomes internalized or shut down and uh, passive aggressive behavior, stonewalling can come out. Mm. Um, it's how they aren't controlled and how their independence isn't rocked but they aren't as aggressive as like an eight with it or as critical as a one is with it. They're more kind of shut down on it. But you can see where, you know, they are who they are. We are who we are. Yeah. Uh, It's just the matter of our level of health and the come from and really checking our motive. And if we know our motive, then we can check it a lot faster and course correct and have compassion not only for ourselves, but other people. Yeah. Like if you can understand the motive of these, this will help you
0: tremendously. Yeah. It's amazing. And even just like helping yourself, like you said, when you know your own motive and you know, like your blocks and stuff, it just helps you not change who you are, but like capitalize on the healthy parts of it and like watch out for the parts where it could get unhealthy. You know, it's, it's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. So I'm in a situation right now. Like, like I told you, like I'm fired up right now Mm -hmm. and Every part of me wants to be very aggressive and angry and explosive. Every Mm -hmm. part of me, because I feel the most vulnerable I've felt in a long, long time. And Mm -hmm. every part of me wants to use that anger, use that anger. But I also know it's like, I feel like betrayal is coming, even though that's not true. It's not.
0: And Mm -hmm. I have had
1: to check my nervous system and I feel it. And because if I just kind of act on that, it's going to throw me into fight or flight yeah which will have a hormonal effect and also very destructive in my my relationships, totally, and so really exercising and and integrating not just understanding this information but actually like, okay, slow your roll, Mally.
0: Mm-hmm. you're
1: fired up right now, and I know like I have to do things to regulate my nervous system and and also that power of the pause for all enneagram types is important. And really like me knowing the motive of this and knowing the fear that is being exposed right now for me, mm. very valuable. Cause the things I've typed out that I've hit delete a hundred times today, Wow, like, what I want to say and what yeah. I actually say have been, and, and I'm like, even though I really get the adrenaline hit from being explosive sometimes mm-hmm. and the intensity, cause the intensity makes me feel alive. Yeah. I also know the damage that gets done, not just to me hormonally, but on the other end of that. And it's it's still really freaking hard, y'all. But, yeah. but uh, having well, this tool in your toolbox is helpful for this.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for, first of all, being so open and vulnerable with all of this. Okay. So yeah, I want to get into the nervous system and how that affects your hormones and how your Enneagram can help you with that. Because I think that's fascinating. And obviously that is what we talk about on the Mind Your Hormones podcast, how your nervous system you know, is such a huge piece in regulating your cortisol for your hormone levels. So I would love to get your take on that with the Enneagram and how it's all connected.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, if you think about it, like the fight, flight, fawn, freeze, like mm-hmm. that has such a huge impact on our hormones. Yeah. Huge. And when those are off, everything gets thrown off. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of times... We don't even recognize when we're in that because, I mean, if you've got as many years on, on this earth as I do, so much of it is so subconscious. Um, but being able to listen to my body, like I am like on fire right now mm. it's because I I was being vulnerable, right? Like, yeah. and I'm sure you talk about this a lot is listening to our body. Like our body is the first compass before our, our mind, before our heart, yeah. Um, you know, and before instincts, because there's a difference between instinct and intuition, right? Yes. Huge instinct is a reaction to something and intuition is an inner knowing, a divine knowing. Mm. And so, you know, you've got the three different centers of intelligence. You have the instinctual body, you've got the heart feeling, and you've got the head thinking. But before that even comes into play, you have to be in your inner knowing and that intuition. And that only comes by listening to your body. Yes. Yes. And honestly, you know, as an eight, I challenged that theory for a good 40 something years. Mm-hmm. I really, really did until my health. I was in crisis. I was on my deathbed about five years ago, believe it or not. Oh, my gosh. And it was forced on me to really listen to the compass that is the body. So mm-hmm. all this Enneagram stuff is great. But if you're ignoring the signs your body is telling you, then you're a little bit late to the party. Oh, preach. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a great tool. But it doesn't come without having the compass, which is your body and intuition first. Yeah. And so this fire coming off my body right now, like I could strip down naked right now.
0: Wow. Because
1: I'm like sweating, which I don't sweat. Mm. Um, that is a sign for me. When my throat gets tight, uh, when my gut and my stomach is in knots or mm. um, my like I have TMJ right now, I can feel it. Like, wow. oh, like all those are signs that I am in fight, flight freezer fun.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: So first identifying that something's going on with my body and that I'm not like, even though the challenger would love to say, I can conquer anything. Yes, I can. But this body calls the shots.
0: Yeah. And
1: it is my divine source of all knowing, right. Emotionally Mm -hmm. and physically. And so first of all, I want you to really recognize what is your body telling you right now? Not your Enneagram type. What is your body telling you right now? Mm. Okay. So the heat coming off my body is telling me I'm fired up. I feel major vulnerability right now. And it's make, like that that part of me that wants to protect that is angry. Mm. Why is it angry? Well, that's where the Enneagram can come into play. right? So, uh, I feel like very vulnerable in several areas of my life. I feel like betrayal is coming. Okay, mm-hmm. what is true? Then what is true? And what are some things I can do somatically that will help me calm that down? Having this conversation with you actually is perfect timing.
0: Oh, good. Yeah, I was going to say thank you for doing is. this, even though you're in a vulnerable no. state.
1: <laughs> it's great. Like in the past, there's no way I would have canceled this and rescheduled it. But mm-hmm. I also know this is really good for my nervous system. Mm. Going outside and, and getting with the earth and mm-hmm. nature and getting away from electronics and these four walls that I love yes. very, very much.
0: Yeah,
1: But really... You know, first of all, asking yourself, what is my body telling me? What is it doing? It's it's almost always in our throat, our our stomachs, our, you know, skin. Yeah. Sometimes we'll break out, right, mm-hmm. when our hormones are off. Where, You know, for somebody like me who internalizes a lot of the vulnerability, mine is mostly on my internal organs where I notice a lot of times on the five, sixes, and sevens, it's more external. That fear mm-hmm. and anxiety tends to be more outwardly in their skin. They break out. Right. Things like that. You know, so really paying attention to your body and just slowing down enough to identify that will allow you to kind of then use the tool of the Enneagram. Yeah. Because you'll know okay, what is my biggest fear? Boom, it's this. Where is this happening? Or where do I feel this is happening? Boom. What is the motive behind that? Boom. And then you have tools that you teach, I'm sure, mm-hmm. about nervous system regulation. Yes. That can help you kind of not blow up your life emotionally, mm-hmm. physically and at a at a health level. So that's kind of where I start to use that, but you can't just know the enneagram and ignore the body compass.
0: Yeah, I love so. this because first, like you said, your body is always going to be your first line of defense. Like it's always going to let you know when something is off before anything else. And we have been raised to ignore our bodies, right? To ignore how we're feeling and just do the workout anyway, or starve yourself even if you're hungry. Like we've just been conditioned for this, but I love that. And we always talk about this podcast, like slowing down enough to actually listen and, and try and hear what your body's trying to communicate with you. And I like how you could bring it back to, okay, I'm feeling. Feeling this emotion and what's, where's my fear It's Like, okay, I'm feeling shame. Oh, okay. Where am I feeling that? Because otherwise we would just like blow right past it and bulldoze past it and not be able to heal the root cause of where it's actually coming from in our life and in those circumstances. So now being aware of it, you can identify that and be like, oh, I'm experiencing that with my mom because I just had this conversation. And you might not even notice that that even happened until you listen to your body and you're like oh yeah this is why this came about and trust me like if
1: you don't rip it up by the root it's kind of like weeds mm-hmm. right like a lot of times we'll we'll pull out the big chemical bucket and dump it on the weeds just yep. to kind of get it, get it done and over with because it's a lot quicker and a mm. lot easier on the body than mm. bending over and pulling those suckers out by the root. But if you don't pull it up by the root, guess what happens the first time it rains? You have multiplied weeds now. Yes. And this kind of like understanding your body is no different. If you just slap a Band-Aid on it, I promise you it's going to show up. If you don't get get it up by the root or understand it and do some healing around the root cause, mm. It's just a matter of time where your body's like, uh, hold my beer." Guess what? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, one of the things that I really want to mention to you guys, I'm sure you've heard it and it's great in theory, but it's another thing to actually practice it is the body never lies. Yeah. Ever. So it, is, true. it has awareness before your mind, before your your heart, before your soul even. The body is the the first compass and nothing 100%. else can come before it, mm-hmm. right? So the body never lies. So if you don't pay attention to it, it's going to kick you in the teeth at some point.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to keep trying to talk to you.
1: It is. Like it took my deathbed and two by fours upside my head. Please mm-hmm. don't, I don't recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is, is the body never forgets. Mm. So the other thing that I have really understood is like when we're triggered, very rarely is about is it about what's right in front of us, but it recognizes something that feels very familiar to mm. something that's gone. And that is still not healed yet. Right. Wow. And I believe a lot of these experiences, people, places, and things that trigger us come into our life so that we can address it at the root. Now, most of us just go into our defense mechanisms or coping mechanisms. And mm-hmm. guess what? Same package keeps showing up just in different wrapping paper. Yes. So so how you can get the body and nervous system and hormones more regulated as well as understanding the body never forgets as well mm-hmm. and really helping you get to the root of your fear and motivation. That's why the Enneagram is also powerful here Yeah, where eventually the body won't forget, but it won't be triggered as easily. Yeah. Cause you it's healed still the happen. root of it. Yeah. It's still going to happen. Cause new levels exp- you know, expose new devils. Like, Mm -hmm. and and I know everybody listening is always on this constant growth pattern. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're not growing, we're dying. So like just knowing that just because it shows up again, maybe at not as an intense level, doesn't mean you didn't do the work good enough the first time. It just means you hadn't gotten to this level yet. Yeah. And So just knowing you're on board and your body will always guide you. Now, if you choose or choose to not listen to it, that is totally, that's free will. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to let self-will run riot, you're going to end up in a world of hurt physically
0: mm-hmm. and, and on
1: your health and in your weight and in your your brain fog and all the things mm-hmm. that come with, you know, the hormones being out of whack. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage you all to like, listen to your body first. Mm-hmm. And then if you can use the, the framework and the tool of the Enneagram to help you get to the root of it faster, you know, even as a 50 year old woman, my hormones, like my, my cortisol, I have to, it's the hormone I have to watch all the time because I can live and fight Right. Time. I love right. fight. Oh my God. I eat intensity <laughs> for breakfast. Now, just because I can eat intensity for breakfast doesn't mean it's good for my body. It doesn't mean I exactly. should. And so really using that framework to be like, okay, let's, let's slow my roll a little bit. And that's where the other four types that are connected to you can really help come into play. And we talked about that a little bit at the wedding of like where we go in growth and stress. Yes. And, And me embodying more of my growth number instead of just living in that eight zone all the time will Mm -hmm. allow me to more naturally get my nervous system in check a lot faster.
0: Yeah. And I think with any Enneagram type, like the cortisol level, if you are, you know, a, first of all, high achieving person, you probably, your cortisol levels are maxed out. But if you're say like, if I'm in shame or if someone is feeling that it's going to affect your nervous system, like you said, because you're in stress, right? Like, And stress for all of us looks different, but it's still stress. And using this as a tool to recognize like, oh, okay, this is just where I go when I'm in stress. So let me recognize this and let me do what I need to do specifically to help me grow through it instead of just ignoring that this is happening and allowing it to happen over and over and over. Because even on like a spiritual level, it's like you're going to be fed the same lesson until you acknowledge it and you learn it and you grow through it. And doesn't mean, like you said, it won't come again, but it's like, okay, if it comes again, you'll be able to handle it better if you know what's actually going on. And maybe it's just a new type of lesson in a different package, but we are always not listening to our body, not listening to the whispers, right? It's like, how can we listen to the whispers that are coming instead of waiting for, like you said, those two by fours that will come Mm. slamming you over the head if you just continuously ignore what's happening?
1: Yeah. Like for me, like because of that eight energy and we crave, we're lustful for intensity. It's what makes us feel strong and powerful. And I love exercise that gives me an adrenaline rush. Like I, I mean, I love throwing around my body. Mm -hmm. Now my ego loves throwing around the body because it Mm. makes me feel again, my motivational need to be strong and powerful and not vulnerable and showing strength, you know, makes the world know like, okay, nobody's going to mess with her. Okay. yeah. But what that does to me hormonally and physically Mm -hmm. now, especially at my age is destructive. Yes. And so it's like understanding that and how can I look at strength in a different way today, you know, Mm -hmm. and each Enneagram type, like really recognizing is this ego or is this true? Is this intuition or is this ego? My ego will always go for intensity every single time. Yeah. But my intuition is saying, you know what? Why don't you just walk in water instead of, you know, throwing, you know, tires around and, <laughs> and kickboxing. And, you know, why don't you, you know, listen to, you know, a sound, you know, sound bath instead oh, yes. of I serial just killers. this morning. <laughs> serial killers. How about we do that? Let's do
0: that for a change.
1: So this, this also helps in, you know, knowing my growth number and and I know everybody listening is like signed up for growing themselves Mm -hmm. physically and and emotionally and spiritually. And so if I'm committed to growth, that means I'm going to have to lean into an uncomfortable zone, which is an Enneagram type that looks very, very different for me and really embodying what that looks like. And, you know, we can't half-ass it because half, half measures avail us nothing.
0: Yeah, I
1: do. And so either you're in or you're out just like Yoda, who I believe was a nine on the Enneagram would always say like, there is no trying. There's either do or don't do exactly. And and that goes for your nervous system as well. It's either you're going to honor the beautiful gift that your body has given you with your intuition and nervous system, or Mm -hmm. you're going to say, F you, I'm going to do it my way. And trust me, when that kind of hits you, it's never convenient, never fun and never inexpensive.
0: Yes. Oof, preach. That's so good. I love that. Um, so for the growth numbers, can they, is that something that you could just Google? Like, yep. what is your growth number for whatever? Well, I can tell you. I'll tell okay, you. Okay, yeah. Quick. You want to just I tell us the growth Yeah, I,
1: I won't go into the ins and outs of it, but this okay. is r- really important if you're somebody who loves to Google shit. Like knowing yeah. your Enneagram type and studying your Enneagram type, really like that's okay, but like you do and embody your core Enneagram type, you could do that instinctively in your sleep. Like I can be eight without even trying. Right. It's the growth. The growth number is Mm -hmm. the one that's the biggest stretch. And it's usually where we'll sabotage or we'll say, oh, that's not in alignment. Well, actually it is, but it's just uncomfortable. And so what I usually will tell people that I work with is, although I know you want to know all about your type, I want you to study your growth number. Yeah. That's what you told me. That's the target that
0: Mm. you're aiming for. That's yeah. the target
1: we want to strive for all the time. And it's, you're going to need a lot of resources, which is where the other parts of the framework of your core type come into play. Cause if left to your own core type, you'll never go to growth.
0: Right. You know,
1: a little support, right? So, um, for the Enneagram one, their growth number is seven. Mm. So you can see how it's almost like opposites tracked. Like, yeah. Strict, strict perfectionist all of a sudden is like, hey, anything's possible.
0: Mm, like, love so, that.
1: Yeah. So a lot of times, and what I will encourage for growth, like for a one looks different than a two, like, you know, sometimes, and this is why it's not a one kind of one package doesn't fit all people. Right. right? So what motivates and what will push a one to grow is very different than what will push a two. Cause a two's mm-hmm. growth number is the four, which mm-hmm. is that individualist, I mean, even their names going from the helper to the individualist for a yeah. two that feels very selfish. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, oh my God, that's so selfish. But it's really, <laughs> really important. And how you'll mm-hmm. be the best helper there is, is taking more of those indi- uh, individualist, romantic, um, creative, um, so intense, true. creative um, skill sets on. It doesn't mean you're going to be motivated by your growth number, but mm-hmm. you can really use the skill set and the tools of this. Okay? Well, I love that. For the three, their growth number is the six. So mm-hmm. the, you know, bull in a china shop, seeing goals, crushing goals, they don't really slow down to think of consequences in doing that. Right. The six, that loyal skeptic, the troubleshooter, the worst case scenario thinker, mm-hmm. like they're going to slow a three down and that threes don't like that.
0: It's mm. so like, ah,
1: I've gotten by this far, but you know, they leave a lot of damage in their wake when they do that and they burn right. out their bodies. Threes are most prone to body burnout. Totally. And so it's really important that they utilize the skill set of the six. It's mm. it's imperative to go the distance because what they're doing will never be sustainable if they don't. All right. The four's growth number, you know, that intense creative, like reinventing themselves, mm-hmm. their growth number is the Enneagram one. They need some structure and perfectionism in what they do and not be so you know, loosey goosey with anything. Like I'm recreating myself. Maybe (laughs) even just a little, like I always tell a four, just pick three things to have some structure around and your confidence will explode. (sighs) Um, the fives growth number, ironically, that intense, um, investigator, the private, um, skeptic, Mm -hmm. uh, they lean into the eight Mm. where they are more bold and assertive like so your husband right yeah
0: yeah Oh soon to be husband
1: oh soon to be yeah yeah so like they aren't one to like plant their flag and say this is what i believe and and totally. be center of intention uh, center of intention but sometimes they need that in order mm-hmm. for their beautiful wisdom to help the world and and do the good that they're here to do yes uh the six their growth number is the 9 so mm. they're so fixated on the the details of worst case scenario that they don't take on that yoda like Quality of like what's the best that could happen, right? What's, what's the greatest good? Um, mm. How you know they they don't always think of that, and so to help a six get out of that, they're going to have to have faith, yeah. which is that divine source. And the six really struggles with faith. You know, without seeing the steps in front of them. Mm. So they need that. The seven, you know, they need a little structure. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are anything's possible, but their growth number is actually the five. So they go from this enthusiastic life of the party to the introverted uh, investigator. Wow. But what I'll usually say for a seven, for all these anything's possible, no stupid ideas to come to fruition, you need to create a container and an environment for them to take root. And right that can only happen in the quiet in the solitude that a 5 brings to the table. Mm. For the 8, my fellow 8s, you know, we're very aggressive and <laughs> you know, showing our strength and and domineering, but our growth number is actually the 2, which oh. is that considerate compassionate helper. Mm. And that is a big stretch for me. Like yeah. I don't get there easily. I need, you know, help and that helped me today. Like I like even this conversation mm. being of service with you. Yeah. Allows me to tap into it because if I'm in my own head, shit's going to go down, mm-hmm. and it won't be pretty.
0: Yeah, it won't be
1: pretty. So being of service today and being this considerate helper, this is why I love it's, it. helped. it's you. Seriously, saved my ass today.
0: So oh my god, I'm so happy it has happened.
1: Seriously, you have no idea. Like I was oh. on the verge of a meltdown earlier, which almost oh. never happens. But yeah. this knowing I had this today allowed me to be in my growth number in ways that I haven't been able to be in quite a few days, and I'm feeling oh. it.
0: Oh, I love that! So
1: thank you for that. Oh my God. um and then the nine finally, their growth number is three, so you can see where their need for harmony and peace all the time. they're not always the biggest action takers, but yeah. you know if you think about the divine spirit, like this is where you know you can care deeply but also challenge things directly, and that right. only happens when they go into their growth number of three. Uh, not easy for any of us to do. Mm. Uh, we have things called wings on the Enneagram, which we'll save for another day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they're, many. They're like the supporting cast in a movie. Like the, the main actor, the main actor in any movie can't shine without a strong supporting cast. And the wings really help us be our Oscar winning self and go into our growth number.
0: Um, Love so that's, this.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a whole framework. It's not just, Hey, I'm an eight. Right.
0: Exactly. Take it or leave
1: it. It's like, Hey, I'm an eight using this wing and this wing going to my growth number. Bah. Yeah.
0: But it's such a beautiful tool. And I love how yeah. you break it down. Like you explain it so well. Mm-hmm. And I know your whole, you know, um, intention is not just information. It's integration. Like you're like, what's the point of this? If you don't know how to use it in your life, like that's, I know your main intention with ever when you ever speak to people about it. So obviously we're gonna talk about all your resources and what, it would be a recommendation that you would have someone like a, just a place to start and they could start integrating it instead of just like having this information. How can you you know, guide someone who just wants to like start on this journey? Well, once you know your type is
1: accurate... Right. So like we can kind of talk, like you either take the self-discovery and don't rush the process. If you're going to go this solo, don't rush it. Don't because you just want to know, like rush it. Cause then you have the wrong framework, the wrong information. It's kind of pointless. Right. If if you can seriously, 90 minutes with me will be a life changer because then you'll know you have the right information. You'll know the wings, you'll know your growth and stress and what that means (laughs) Mm -hmm. in your life.
0: How can someone sign up for
1: that? So you can go to tracyomalley.com, the work with me section. There's an Enneagram kickstart session, most powerful 90 minutes, I guarantee, in your Amazing. life. Amazing.
0: Okay. And I'll put this in the show notes too. Yeah,
1: I promise. Now, if you know your Enneagram type, what I often recommend is really, really studying your growth number, the behaviors mm-hmm. and the, the skills and the tools that they have, yeah. and also your wings. Because you're going to need the wings in order to go to growth. So the wings are the number that fall on either side of you. So like, let's say you're a nine, eight, or one. So you need to know how and when to use those tools. Like, usually we lean heavy to one-way Instead mm-hmm. of the other But you're missing the boat If you don't use both of them It's kind of like Doing a DIY project We all know how to use A screwdriver Right Right. But sometimes we need a drill Sometimes we need a chainsaw
0: mm. If we don't know
1: how And when to use those We're going to cause A lot of damage Or we're just going to give up And just make a screwdriver work Which right. <laughs> Which is kind of like our core type. Our core type's a screwdriver. We don't need a YouTube tutorial or a guide to show us that. Right. Oh, my, I love my that analogy. Aid, my eight is not always the right tool for the job because I'll right. I'll hurt some things. Yeah. And so knowing how and when to use my my wings has Allowed me to more effortlessly go into my growth number. So if you know your core type, study both wings and your growth number and then write them down because you need to be able to see the target in order to hit it. Mm. Um, And it's going to take repetition. It's one thing to understand it and know it, it's another to integrate it. And just like any muscle you're building in your body, this is a spiritual, emotional intelligence muscle Mm. and it will take repetition. It will take consistency and it will take compassion and patience for the process. So the yeah. reason I, I can effort, effortlessly not only talk about it, but utilize this in my life is because I lift this, this weight every day.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and so the more that you can have a target to hit, the more you can actually lift the weight required for you to, to have strong, confident muscles and how to move through anything that comes your way physically, emotionally, and spiritually.
0: Oh my gosh. I love this. Your analogies are amazing. So I'm going to put your website in the show notes so that if someone could work with you the 90 minute, just to get started, what are other ways that people can connect with you, work with you? They're going to want to dive deeper into all things, Tracy O'Malley. So how can we connect more with you? Well, you can find me on the
1: Instagram at Tracy mm. underscore O'Malley. I'm not the best content creator. Oh my gosh, stop. Yes, you are.
0: Your reels are hilarious. The, right. And they are fun, they're but they don't so fun.
1: But they are the stereotypes that we poke fun at, and they're fun and they like give us some lightheartedness around it. Yeah. Um, but there's like highlight bubbles I go into like um relationships and, um, mm-hmm. typing people like together, like compatibility, like all are compatible. So, good. um, but you can always, always ask me questions there. Mm-hmm. Um, go to the podcast is great. There's over 240 episodes of a lot of Enneagram wisdom. And what's the name um, of it? The leadership formula
0: podcast. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So podcast, website, Instagram, all of this will be in the show notes because I know people are going to want to eat this up because it's so transformational. And as you know, we always talk about, it's not just about what you're eating and how you're moving your body. Your health is so multifaceted and having this information is going to support you in wherever you're at with your health journey. So Tracy, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your wisdom and being so vulnerable with us and just taking the time to really share this, that I know it's going to really serve people. So I so appreciate you. Well, I allow, I, I
1: thank you. And I'm super grateful for you allowing me to not only serve, but also to heal in mm. this last hour. Like seriously, I'm not just blowing smoke because <laughs> don't, um, seriously, like I appreciate you letting me be of service today.
0: Oh my God. You're so welcome. I'm so grateful you were here and everybody else. We will see you on Well, I will see you on the next episode (laughs) and be sure to check the show notes for how to connect with Tracy. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media, and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.